Good morning. Let's begin our service by singing hymn number 218. O life that maketh all things new, the blooming earth, the thoughts of men, our, our pilgrim feet, wet with thy dew, in gladness hither turn again. Hymn number 218. Scriptural this morning will be given by Wendy from Georgia. Mark, and behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him. There came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. 
And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado, and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And he took the damsel by the hand, and said unto her, Talitha kumi, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose, and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. Let's now have a moment of silent prayer and follow with the Lord's Prayer and its spiritual interpretation as given in the Christian Science textbook. Our Father, Father, which art in heaven, our Father, Mother, God, all harmonious, hallowed be thy name, adorable one, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom is come, thou art ever present. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Enable us to know, as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us grace for today. Feed the famished affections. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And love is reflected in love. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. And God leadeth us not into temptation, but delivereth us from sin, disease, and death. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. For God is infinite, all power, all life, truth, love, over all and all. Let's now sing hymn number 324. 
Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Hymn number 324. to the Sunday morning service of the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. We begin every Sunday here at 10 a.m. with our roundtable discussion where we talk about this week's lesson and other topics that need to be covered and learn how to better practice this science of Christianity that was discovered by Mary Baker Eddy. We have a Sunday school for children that meets at 11, and that Sunday school is available to children anywhere. In fact, many of our Sunday school students do not live in the area, but they call in on a dedicated teleconference line, 
And that means that you too, if you have a child of Sunday school age and don't live in the area, your child can attend as well. So call us, we'll give you the number, and we'd love to welcome your child to our Sunday school. We have a testimony meeting every Wednesday evening at 8.15, where you can hear testimonies of healings and lives literally saved through the study and practice of Christian science. And at all of our services, we have a nursery for infants and toddlers. We have at least 17 different websites, and most of them are in languages other than English. And that means that the pure truth of Christian science is reaching millions, if not more, people around the world, in many cases in their own language. And everything that we provide on our websites is free. You can download, listen, print, play, and it doesn't cost a thing. Freely we have received and freely we give. And those websites are the love of our church for everyone in the world. And our English website, uh, there is a really good article that's being featured now that I would like to point out an article entitled Joy by William Rathbun. If you're having trouble feeling joy, I recommend you read this article. It's uh, really good. Everyone is welcome here. And that includes all of you who are listening and participating right now from around the world. And now we will have the reading of a testimony of healing from miscellaneous writings, which attests to the healing power obtained by studying the Christian Science textbook. And that reading will be given now by Debbie from Illinois. Page 441. I have been thinking for a long time that I would give my experience in coming out of sickness into the knowledge of health by reading Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures. I was 60 years old, as we mortals count time, before I ever read one word of Christian science. On July 2nd, 1890, I met a scientist who gave me a pamphlet called Christian Healing by the Reverend Mary B. G. Eddy. At that time, I was almost helpless. This lady advised me to buy Science and Health. I did so and tried to read it but my hands were so lame I could not hold it, and I let it fall to the floor so often that it became unbound, and I laid it away and resumed my medicine. The following May, the scientist visited in this city again. She advised me to burn all my medicines and to lean unreservedly on the promises of God. I took her advice, had my book rebound in three volumes so I could hold it more easily and now read it constantly, reading nothing else. Sometimes I would suffer intensely, then I would get a little better, then more suffering, and so on until August 1891 
when all pain left me. I have had no return of it and no disagreeable sensations of any kind, and I am perfectly well in all aspects. Surely, if we will but trust our Heavenly Father, He is sufficient for us. I hope someone of or near my age who is afflicted may read this and take courage, for I have demonstrated the fact that by reading Science and Health, in conjunction with the Bible, and trying to follow the teaching therein, one in the autumn of life may be made over new. I am so thankful to God for my great recovery. That remark of Sojourner Truth helps me to a better understanding of life in God. Quote, God is the great house that holds all his children. We dwell in him as the fishes dwell in the seas, unquote, P-T-P. The lesson sermon for this morning can be found on page six of the Independent Christian Science Quarterly. Subject, life. The golden text is from Proverbs. In the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway thereof there is no death. The responsive reading is from Psalms. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Fairly from Maryland will now read. The Bible, Proverbs. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them up on the table of thine heart. 
so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Ruth 1 Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled, that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Melon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth clave unto her, and she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. Ruth 2. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, it is the Moabitess damsel 
that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued, even from the morning until now, that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels, and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, and bowed herself to the ground, and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes, that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said unto her, It has fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Acts. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And for as much as Lydda was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. And when he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed, and turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise! And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up, and he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. Psalms. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will now read correlative passages from the Christian Science textbook, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, by Mary Baker Eddy. Life is spirit. 
and there is more life and immortality in one good motive and act than in all the blood which ever flowed through mortal veins and simulated a corporeal sense of life. God made man immortal and amenable to spirit only. Good deeds are immortal, bringing joy instead of grief, pleasure instead of pain, and life instead of death. Watching beside the couch of pain in the exercise of a love that is the fulfilling of the law, doing unto others as ye would that they should do unto you, this is no infringement of law, for no demand, human or divine, renders it just to punish a man for acting justly. Giving a cup of cold water in Christ's name is a Christian service. Laying down his life for a good deed, mortal man should find it again. Such acts bear their own justification and are under the protection of the Most High. Mortals suppose that they can live without goodness when God is good and the only real life. What is the result? Understanding little about the divine principle which saves and heals, mortals get rid of sin, sickness, and death only in belief. These errors are not thus really destroyed and must therefore cling to mortals until here or hereafter, they gain the true understanding of God in the science which destroys human delusions about him and reveals the grand realities of his allness. Man, governed by immortal mind, is always beautiful and grand. Each succeeding year unfolds wisdom beauty, and holiness. Life is eternal. We should find this out and begin the demonstration thereof. Life and goodness are immortal. Let us then shape our views of existence into loveliness, freshness, and continuity, rather than into age and blight, Immortality, exempt from age or decay, has a glory of its own, the radiance of soul. Immortal men and women are models of spiritual sense, drawn by perfect mind and reflecting those higher conceptions of loveliness which transcend all material sense. Comeliness and grace are independent of matter. Being possesses its qualities before they are perceived humanly. Beauty is a thing of life, which dwells forever in the eternal mind and reflects the charms of his goodness in expression, form, outline, 
and color. It is love which paints the petal with myriad hues, glances in the warm sunbeam, arches the cloud with the bow of beauty, blazons the night with starry gems, and covers earth with loveliness. The embellishments of the person are poor substitutes for the charms of being, shining resplendent and eternal over age and decay. Love never loses sight of loveliness. Its halo rests upon its object. One marvels that a friend can ever seem less than beautiful. Men and women of riper years and larger lessons ought to ripen into health and immortality instead of lapsing into darkness or gloom. Immortal mind feeds the body with supernal freshness and fairness, supplying it with beautiful images of thought and destroying the woes of sense which each day brings to a nearer tomb. Trials teach mortals not to lean on a material staff, a broken reed which pierces the heart. We do not half remember this in the sunshine of joy and prosperity. Sorrow is salutary. Through great tribulation, we enter the kingdom. Trials are proofs of God's care. Spiritual development germinates not from the seed sown in the soil of material hopes, but when these decay, love propagates anew the higher joys of spirit, which have no taint of earth. Each successive stage of experience unfolds new views of divine goodness and love. Every step towards goodness is a departure from materiality and is a tendency towards God, spirit. Material theories partially paralyze this attraction towards infinite and eternal good by an opposite attraction towards the finite, temporary, and discordant. Selfishness tips the beam of human existence towards the side of error, not towards truth. Denial of the oneness of mind throws our weight into the scale, not of spirit, God, good, but of matter. The anatomy of Christian science teaches when and how to probe the self-inflicted wounds of selfishness, malice, envy, and hate. It teaches the control of mad ambition. It unfolds the hallowed influences of unselfishness, philanthropy, spiritual love. God gives the lesser idea of himself for a link to the greater, 
and in return, the higher always protects the lower. The rich in spirit help the poor in one grand brotherhood, all having the same principle or father. And blessed is that man who seeth his brother's need and supplieth it, seeking his own in another's good. Love giveth to the least spiritual idea might, immortality, and goodness, which shine through all as the blossom shines through the bud. All the varied expressions of God reflect health, holiness, immortality, infinite life, truth, and love. When being is understood, life will be recognized as neither material nor finite, but as infinite, as God, universal good. And the belief that life or mind was ever in a finite form or good in evil will be destroyed. The sinless joy the perfect harmony and immortality of life, possessing unlimited divine beauty and goodness, without a single bodily pleasure or pain, constitutes the only veritable, indestructible man whose being is spiritual. Outside of this science, all is mutable, but immortal man, in accord with the divine principle of his being, God, neither sins, suffers, nor dies. The days of our pilgrimage will multiply instead of diminish when God's kingdom comes on earth. Let unselfishness, goodness, mercy, justice, health, holiness, love, the kingdom of heaven reign within us, and sin, disease, and death will diminish until they finally disappear. We will now have a moment of silent prayer for our world.
Let's now sing hymn number 188. No eye hath seen, nor tongue declared, nor hath it entered heart of man to know what God hath here prepared for them that love and trust his plan. Hymn number 188.
Let's now sing hymn number 59. Fight the good fight with all thy might. Christ is thy strength and Christ thy right. Lay hold on life and it shall be thy joy and crown eternally. Thy joy and crown eternally. Hymn number 59. I will read from the Christian Science textbook the scientific statement of being and the qualitative passages from 1 John, third, third chapter. There is no life, truth, intelligence, nor substance in matter. All is infinite mind and is infinite manifestation. For God is all in all. Spirit is immortal truth. Matter is mortal error. Spirit is the real and eternal. Matter is the unreal and temporal. 
spirit is God, and man is his image and likeness. Therefore, man is not material. He is spiritual. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because he knew him not, beloved. Now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that had this hope in him purified himself, even as he is pure. Revelation. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, said the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Amen.